0: Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.
1: Dylan Gibbons, thanks so much for joining me, mate. It's been an astronomical rise over the past couple of years. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to watch you from your first ride, uh, which I, I clearly remember. And on the weekend, you've just come through with four more winners and ridden off your claim, all of them from wide draws. Mate, thanks very much for joining me.
2: Yeah, it's great. I'm happy to be here.
1: And speaking of astronomical rise, the the Group 1 win, congratulations, it it was enormous and uh, it was a heck of a ride and a heck of a win, mate, how would you feel post-race?
2: Yeah, it was a a bit of a whirlwind of emotions, it's one of them things everyone says, you know, you can't explain it, but you really can't, you know, that sort of last 50 metres that was a bit of an out-of-body experience and I, I wasn't in control of what was happening so my emotions just took over. In terms of Explosive
1: Jack, were you going in with a level of confidence, or, or were you just thinking, uh, we'll see how we go with the ride? What was going through the head sort of pre-race?
2: Yeah, it was funny, because obviously he had a good record of, of winning derbies and them sort of big races, but he obviously had a long time off, and his form went into It <clears throat> wasn't terrible, but he was just sort of around the mark, and never really had a flashing light on him, so... Going into it, you know, it was probably the the first group one. I went into a, a bit more relaxed and just sort of yeah, the, everything was just a bit of a blur. It all went pretty quick, and you know, I just cruised around and probably 100, 150 metres out, something just switched and I went all oh, might win my first group one here
1: Yeah, and uh, you could you could certainly see you're you're pretty stoked past the line, and as you should have been. Uh, Kieran and Dave, they're, they're geniuses. They've got some state of the art stuff going on. How are they to work for?
2: Oh, they're they're unreal. It's, mm. it's amazing for such a big operation. They're both, you know, so casual. It's just like a they're like two blokes you run into at a pub on, on a weekend, you know, they're very casual and they made the job easy because, you know, they they very rarely get it wrong. So when you turn up riding their horses you can be pretty confident that they're spot on and you just gotta make sure you go and do your job and, and the rest will fall into place.
1: Yeah, well, they've got a record that speaks to themselves. And um, speaking of records as well, mate, you're riding at 20% ROI at Randwick this year. So uh, you, you're loving the, the course there. On the weekend, four winners, uh, all from wide barriers. So you you just seem to be able to put them in, in spots. And I've, I've watched most of your, your rides um, over the past couple of years you've been doing it. And you, it, it seems to remind me of good AFL players where I think they time seems to go slow for them, and, and I feel when I watch you when you're riding, it, it looks like you're making decisions and everything else around you is moving quite slowly, when it's obviously an extremely fast-paced event. What's going through your mind when the barrier's open? Do you have a, a specific routine in your head where you, you're talking to yourself, or is it all just second nature, and, and you're sort of just going through the motions? Do, is there a lot of uh, vocal chat between in your head?
2: Um, yeah, I do a little bit. Like, <clears throat> Obviously, I go out and, and have plan A, but as you know most people know a lot can happen when the barrier is open so I go out there with my first game plan and you know when the gates open I have, have a quick decision to make and you caught is probably a prime example I didn't know how much speed there'd be but I didn't want to be dragging him right back but also I had to take into account that when I rode him and didn't really give him a chance to travel he didn't finish off and finish ninth where when Danny rode him and allowed him to travel he obviously went and won a listed race so he he's probably a good example because as we jumped, he jumped well, and I went, well, I'm going to have to be forward now instead of going back. And the way it turned out, they sort of had a bit of pressure and just split, and I was able to tuck into a lovely spot. And, and from there, you know, he was able to travel lovely for me and be really dominant in the end.
1: Yeah, it was uh, an impressive weekend again. And po- post-race, mate, was there anything to celebrate? When you have sort of a, a four winners, was there anything on, on for the night, or are you pretty knackered?
2: No, I'm pretty knackered. Ten races is a lot, especially at the end of the week. So I look forward to my Sundays off so I can get a nice sleep in. So if I try and celebrate, the first two drinks normally put me to sleep anyway.
1: <laughs> and in terms of outside of racing, um, just before we get into the other questions, I know you're, you're not too bad at golf. Is is this true? Uh,
2: I wouldn't say I'm not too bad. I, I go and play flat out like I'm all right, but uh, I'm slowly getting... <laughs>
1: Nah, that's good. It's always good to have a, have a bit of a balance going on. Uh, I know you did wild trials this morning, mate. Was there anything that caught your eye there that that you're pretty keen to get on the back of again?
2: Um, yeah, there's a couple of nice two-year-olds I trialled for my boss, Chris um, Verconi. Another one called Imperson. They both trialled nice, both quite raw, and we got one there for Lloyd Williams. He probably won't show much till he's getting close to 3,200, but he's um he's a very nice horse and. I think once he gets a few runs in and and gets up to his right trip, you know, I think he's a nice horse.
1: And you mentioned uh, Chris with Boss. I know you've had a lot of a uh, lot to do with him over your rise. In terms of influences and people that have, I guess, taken you on this journey since you've been quite young, who who do you think are the most influential people? Uh, I know obviously Chris Lees would be one of them, uh, but who would be a couple others? You think?
2: Um, oh, obviously Dad's been great to me, but. The spot I'm in there, it's it's been perfect, you know, Chris has got some, some work writers there, Cameron Swan and Mal Alton, who both when they rode were very good jockeys and have turned into very good work writers, so I've always had a pretty good base there, but it's hard to say that there's a lot of great people I've been involved with, and that's mainly through who, who Dad's been close friends with and been able to bounce off them, so I, I don't want to sit here and name them because if I forget someone, I'll kill myself, so there there's been plenty of, plenty of good people and yeah look it, i could sit here all day and name them all and name what they've done but just from day 1 probably probably dad and and the crew he's had around and just being able to latch onto them has probably been the biggest influence
1: and in terms of the future mate because you've just outridden your claim so congratulations <coughs> uh for anyone that isn't aware you've yeah you've got to get a couple of kilos off as an apprentice and anyone that watches racing mate they've uh wouldn't be able to avoid your name you've you've Gone from the the country tracks and and are killing it in town at the moment. So, how are you feeling moving forward? What what's the goals for the next year or so? Do you have any races in mind or things
2: you'd like to win? Um, I should hopefully go to trial explosive Jack at his next trial. So I'd love to be able to keep the ride on him and hopefully follow him to the first Tuesday in November. But look, that's a pretty big goal, and I've got a long career to try and chase that. But the probably short term goal is to now I've lost the claim, try and really establish myself in Sydney and just make sure I've got a good base there and and don't sort of lose the quality of rides I was getting with the claim, which was easy for people to put me on with the claim, but now I haven't got it you know I've got to try and really knuckle down and and you know get people on board that I can do it without a claim and and yeah hopefully just get a spot in Sydney and go from there.
1: And your record speaks for itself this year and over the past couple of years uh, across all the grounds, really. Uh, no, I know you've got a couple of good mates as well. Um, you're pretty good good mates with a couple of the other apprentices, is that right? And, and Tyler's been riding super as well?
2: Yeah, me, Tyler, Zach, Reese, even some of the other younger boys who ride in the bush and that, we're all great mates because we're around similar ages and, and have a lot in common. You know, We all love playing golf or getting home on days like today and we'll get on Xbox or PlayStation and... And get on there and terrorise each other. So yeah, we get along pretty well. It's um, yeah, we 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 have everything in common, and yeah, it just helps helps having people a similar age who just love everything as much as you. Yeah, in terms of ages,
1: when you first got started in the jockeys' room, how did it feel? Was it a bit daunting, or was it sort of straight into it? And and everyone was was what was going through your head when you when you first started with that?
2: Well, I was pretty lucky because obviously, Dad's rode so. Yeah any chance I had I'd go to the races and sit in the room with dad do his gear so for me it probably wasn't as daunting because I spent so much time in there and sort of build a relationship with them boys but from watching the other kids you know I could imagine it can be quite daunting but even when I started riding in Sydney I didn't mix with them boys too much so it is a little bit daunting because you know how good they are and they're established and don't really want to lose their seat so you feel like you're, you're treading treading water there so it's um, yeah, it's a bit of a hard thing to do but yeah, you just got to knuckle down and, and get it done
1: and with the older jockeys there any sort of uh, ones you are good mates with
2: um yeah i get along get along great with a few of them um who, who would i say are the better ones kira mcavoy tommy berry they've been great to me um a couple of times before i was riding they flew me up to queensland to do their gear and you know you got a fair few boys in the in the provincial room who do come to town you've got Rory Hutchings, Lee McGorion, Kobe Jennings, Ash Morgan. There's, yeah, there's a fair few boys here I get along with great and, you know, through similar things, we all love racing and love a bit of golf. So there's plenty of us there that that have a good bit of banter and and do all the things we love.
1: Yeah, nice one. And... With behind the scenes, because I know that we we don't really see it, especially as um just watching on. We turn up on the day, we watch what we visually see, but th- there must be a stack of work that goes on behind keeping fit, um, making sure you're not injured. So what what how much of the level of training is behind the scenes and looking after the body?
2: Um, look, I'm a bit different than most. I don't really do any extra training, but while I'm an apprentice, you know I got to ride track work six days a week, so. That that's enough for me because then I've got trials and races and on the days off it's more about just trying to trying to keep the mind right. I find that's why I've picked up golf and try and play golf as much as I can because if you just sit home and you know things aren't going great at the races you can sort of get stuck in a bit of a rut and and get down on things where you know having that hobby it just helps you get away and, and freshen up the mind. So I'm more just try and look after the mental health side of it and along with that just try and make sure I eat well and, and look after the body that way.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned the mental health side. Um in terms of say, say a tough day is it is it just getting away and maybe doing something else like golf that helps or uh just trying to push on what what do you do personally if uh you've had a tough day?
2: Yeah, I try and avoid social media. That's the first yep. thing. It's it's quite a toxic place if you have a bad day. So when you have a good day, everyone wants to be your friend, but as soon as you have a bad day, there not many of them are there to to try and pick you up and want to just put you down for it. So I try to avoid social media, and from there, you know, I just talk to the the main people who help me about what went right, what went wrong, and and then through discussing it, you know, you you don't look at it as such a negative and you can just turn into a learning curve. But I've sort of been trying to work on not letting them days, you know, get me down too much, and I'm starting to get pretty good at it now. So you just try and take every bad day as a learning curve, and, and from there, you know, you don't really have a bad day.
1: Yep, love it totally agree there. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, I've, I've been able to watch pretty much every race, mate, you've done since you started. I remember the first ride was, I think it was a fluoro green or something. Uh, one of the star, star something was the horse's uh, right, name. Yeah. yeah, that was the one. Um, We're certainly getting round up pre-race. <laughs> I remember. Um, but yeah, I've been able to watch almost all your rides um, since then. And and as a as a general um a form analyst and watching on i've had enormous success backing yourself um so i started to take interest when when you were in the country and yeah followed on every man and his dog i could, i was saying you'd be the next j mac too and you'd be in town soon and sure enough it was sort of six months later and my mate started messaging me and saying oh um dylan gibbons has got to town and i said yep and uh, it didn't take you long mate you were you were Pumping out the winners very quickly, so yeah, it was really good to see and and see that rise. And I spoke to Anthony Manton yesterday, and he said the same thing. Who was uh, he was just saying it's good to watch watch from a young age. And he said he he watched Reese as well, sort of just up in waggage, just getting winner after winner. And yeah, it's good to see you come to town, and and both of you flying, which is which is great. Uh in terms of of trainers we we spoke about uh Dave and Kieran but Jean Baker is flying. Uh how how are the celebrations on him? Do you get to see him any behind the scenes?
2: Yeah, he's he's an <laughs> absolute animal especially if he has a big day and then when you walk out and you find him in the bar after and he's got a <laughs> him, he's um he's quite the character. He's taken my granddad usually comes to the races with me a fair bit and he's t- he's taken my granddad under his wing and make sure everyone knows that he's Dylan Gibbons' grandad. Uh, he's quite the character. <laughs>
1: he's, he's in a rich reign of form at the moment. He's, he's absolutely flying. Are there any other stables you reckon right now are just, or just um, having a really good run that you can think of?
2: Um, uh, You probably hit the nail on the head with Bjorn. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's obviously a very good trainer, but I don't think I can recall him having such a good run, especially in town. So he's probably the hot hand at the minute.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those rides seem to be at big prices. He just seems to be um, ending ending the card in Sydney all the time with a twenty dollar winner, the the past couple of months. That just seems the routine. Uh, he's yeah, he's absolutely fine. with with your races, mate. Do you go back and, and watch much and critique, or or do you just kind of mentally store it? What, what's the process there? Do you watch a lot of replays?
2: Um, I do. It depends if if I have a bad day. I I sort of know what I've done wrong, so I, I try not to watch it straight away just to make sure I don't get down but <clears throat> I am quite quite a hard task on myself I can find sort of any little nitpicking things and and get myself quite down so I actually have trouble of of putting myself down too much so I do watch a fair few replays but it's all just about timing when you watch them and go through them and you know if you've had a good day I don't mind getting home and flicking them replays back on like last Saturday but the same sense you know the way I look at it I I got four winners, it was a great day, but there was the other six that didn't win and you know you can always look at where you went wrong there or if you gave them every chance and just making sure you're dotting the I's and crossing the t's and I felt I did a pretty good job of that Saturday, so if I can just try and try and do that as much as I can you know that's that's when I seem to ride best and seem to ride off feel and you know thankfully things went my way
1: when you're in the f- uh, finishing line, sort of say four or five hundred meters out, how 'Cause it's uh it's tough for anyone sort of watching to know, but how good are you at being able to judge now how far out you are? Do you just know exactly where you're at
2: most of the time or? Yeah, once once you ride it tracks enough, it's you yep. can just ride off feel and, and yeah, you you probably like if you sat there and tried to say what mark it was, you'd you'd be close with it, obviously nailing it on the head, but yeah, once you once you do you just get a feel for it and you know, when you need to get going and when not to. And it's sort of all about how the tracks are, are shaped too. You've you got Rose Hill, it's got a long sweeping corner. So you don't want to be doing too much from as soon as you start turning until you straighten where Ramwick, it's a little kink. You've got a nice straight run and then you turn again. So Ramwick, sometimes you can cover as much ground as you want and you still don't lose too much. So it's more or less just knowing how the how the tra- tracks are laid out and and working out where to go from there and when you can sort of, make up grand and when you can lose it
1: yeah and you've obviously done a uh, stack of tracks over time now is there anywhere in particular you just love riding at or, or feel you've got really good success at i know i did touch on Ramwick before
2: um yeah i think i've had found um canterbury quite good i've been lucky that obviously with a claim through winter it helped but sort of with the rail out i don't mind riding for luck a bit and sometimes the rail can be fire there so i found i had a bit of success at canterbury too um had a couple of rough days at Rose Hill Fallen short with a fair few seconds, so it still haunts me a bit that place. But yeah, probably probably Canterbury and Marinewick I've had a lot of luck at so far.
1: Yeah, i, I noticed notice with Canterbury, you do tend to send them forward a lot. And that's, I guess, that's the spot to be most of the times with that track, isn't it? Playing on speed. Do you, as a rider, do you have anything you specifically? Is, is the aim when you go out there is it to get into a good spot is it to get the horse into a good rhythm uh what what's the main thing when you get out there is it just find a good settling position is the first thing
2: um it, it depends there's a lot of factors that go into it like sometimes yep. you can you know say you're keen Canterbury with the rail out and this you need to be on speed or on the fence but you're drawn out wide and you've you got to weigh up a lot of things like your horse might not be at the point of its preparation where it can afford to do that. So you just got to copy medicine and make sure it's happy and just be aware of those little things. And you know, if they probably can't win due to the track, just make sure you see how they feel and how they go and just reassure the connections after, you know, that track played against them, but you know, today wasn't his day. And then normally next day they come out and run well. So there's a lot of factors away. you got to see where your horse is at, how the track's playing, where you, where you want to be, where it's going to suit it. And, Sometimes, you know, you can get too caught up in worrying about how the track's playing and, for example, Ramwick the other day, first two races, it looked like the fence was going to be fire and then on Chase My Crown, it just didn't suit her pattern to try and ride it to that and I had to be three wide line with cover and as it turned out, she'd come down the outside and absolutely blouse them. So, little things like that, you just got to be careful because if, if I tried to get too cute and ride her to get to the fence, she probably doesn't get clear running and probably doesn't even run top half, so... It's just a matter of weighing up where your horse is at and, and you know, making sure you're, you're doing what's best by them. And sometimes that might be having to ride them against the pattern to keep them happy and then hopefully next day they can come out and run well.
1: And the one you mentioned, um, good win for the for the family, wasn't it? Because you've got, got a good association with the trainers. Is that true?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> not, not only weighing at them as well. Um, I know I've i known both of them before. I was even old enough to know who they were. So they... um. They've been great long-term friends. Dad's had a good association with them, and it's rolled on to me. But, um, yeah, Wayne took me in pretty much as his own, and for a good month or two there, he'd bring me to track work, put me on whatever, and if they went flat out with me, he wouldn't get upset with me, but he just made sure, you know, I learned from it and, you know, threw a lot of horses bolting on me. I, I eventually picked it up, and, you know, if I didn't have him there to let me do out there, go out there and learn without having to, sort of copper grilling for it you know I probably wouldn't have been able to gain the confidence I did to to get the ball rolling and like ever since I've been riding he'll try and you know book me or dad for pretty much everything and you know through that I've been able to have a lot of winners for him but it was great to finally win a race of a bit more prize money for him and just have a bit more magnitude to it and same with Adam I've known him from very young ages pictures of me as a, a little baby and him holding me so to win races like that for them guys who who I've built not only a professional connection with but also you know a personal one, it's it just means that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely imagine. And just uh, we did touch on before bias. So I just want to ask you: Will, Do you think it's over overplayed a little bit, or do you think it's really important? And in terms of what you said as well. Uh, sometimes jockeys might just revert to the bias a bit
2: too much. So what 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 do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's – look, it's obviously a massive point, but, you know, sometimes they can really overlook it. Like, you see days after two races, they say the fence is no good when both the favourites have been three back, one off, and come down the middle, they're, they're, of course, not going to get near the fence. So sometimes I find people worry about it way too much, and they look into it as if you need to – just go exactly to that but on a 10 race card if the first two have gone that way it doesn't necessarily mean it's like that and look no doubt it, it can have a massive impact there's some days you watch races and you know being the fence to one off there's only half a meter between it but it can mean the world but like i was saying before you know you've got to weigh up your horse and sorry about that you've got to weigh up your horse and where they're at in their preparation and, and what's going on. And, you know, majority of the time, most of us are aware to the pattern, but, you know, that's that's where the media can be a bit harsh. You get on there and we cop abuse for not riding to it where it just may not suit your horse to try and to get to where the pattern needs to be. So it no doubt needs to be looked at and, you know, we all need to be aware of it because sometimes it can be worth a fair few lengths and – sorry, people are ringing. <laughs> um, and, you know, from there – you know, you can just cause more trouble trying to get to a pattern where, like I said, for example, Saturday, you know, the first two races looked like the fence was fire and then a couple started rattling down the middle. So, you know, you, you can overlook it definitely, but it does also need to be looked at.
1: And uh, just to finish off, well, I know you've you've been on some some gun horses across the time, and and of course giving them every chance more often than not. Uh, who are you looking forward to riding coming up over next couple of months, next year or so? Apart from Explosive Jack, who we touched on, who else you can get on the back of?
2: Um, it's a good question. Chris has got a couple of nice ones there going through their grades. Um, just trying to think what else I may have. Maybe lucky to get a sit on. Be nice if Osmosis comes back and jmac doesn't ring up for the ride, so there's there's a couple there I gotta worry about, hopefully getting back on, but it'd be exciting if I could keep the connection going with him. Um and then sort of Chris has got a couple imports there that are just starting to get into their work, so it'd be interesting to see how a few of them step out.
1: Yeah, Osmosis looks uh pretty exciting. Do you do you know an any word on when that might be back?
2: Not sure, Bjorn test that and see how long he needs. He's still only a young horse, so I'm sure the more they look after him, the more they'll get out of him.
1: Yeah, he's got a few few guns waiting in the stable, Jean. He's um, stable airborne. Well, mate, I'll I'll let you go, but look, thanks so much uh, for, for the chat and good luck with everything coming up over the next couple of months and, and next year and, and so on. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and exciting times, no claim, and I'm, I've looked at uh, your cards coming up and... Looks great, so yeah, all the best, mate, and thanks so much for joining us in the insight.
2: Yeah, that's all good, thank you.
0: Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.